This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast on a Thursday morning. And as always, for the second straight week on a Thursday, but typically it's on a Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday, I'm sure you guys don't even care. Jake. Mm. Jake's takes. It's Thursday morning. First, I need to ask you, because the Minnesota Tim Podcast is having a spectacular month. We're going to hit easily over a 1,000 downloads. So I'm wondering if you've gone into the Minnesota Tim Podcast and just downloaded every single episode 50 times. Not 50. Okay. 40. 40. Okay. <laughs> no, I do, I do download everyone. Um, but only once? Only once. Okay. And then I delete it usually right away. Yeah. And then uh, there was one time I listened to like five minutes of it just because I was curious like what I sounded like. And Holly walked in and she gave me the biggest eye roll and basically called me a narcissist. So I don't do that anymore. But I don't think I, you're a narcissist. She didn't use those words. And, it, and she was joking. But she's like, you're really listening to yourself? She's like, oh, yeah. I just was curious how it sounded. But How would you define narcissist? I'm looking it up right now. Isn't that, I believe it's just like somebody who like values themselves, see themselves as like a more important than they are, like only concerned with themselves kind of thing, right? Yeah. A person who has an excessive interest in or an admiration of themselves. Hey, I like to listen to myself too, because I like to critique myself. Okay. I like to receive constructive criticism Right. From my inner self, okay? Because that's so. what I was thinking, too. I was like, I, well, first of all, like, I want to make sure I'm holding the phone, my phone right, to make sure I'm not having any audio issues, making sure it sounds good on that end. Yeah. Then just thinking about, yeah, how I talk. Because, I mean, our production team is pretty small. Um, yeah. You know, me and you are so powerful. Like, our assistant producers and stuff, like, they're not going to tell us what they really think. No. So, I got to do it myself. Because, again, you and you are also so positive. Um you know, I'm not sure you're going to tell me the news I need to hear. So I got to do it myself. Well, I, I am delivering you the news that you need to hear because you are good. You are very good. I appreciate that. Very, very good. I there's always save... room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, there is. There is. There's always room, even even for me. Yep. Um, <laughs> Narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> even as amazing as I am, Jacob, there's, there is even room for me to improve. Um, obviously we're going to get into the Vikings Giants game, but I was reading some, um, news this week, or there's a headline that popped up. I didn't click on the article and there's just a pet peeve that I have, or it's just more of a question. So uh, it was something about people passing away because of a shooter or something. That's like a headline about it or something. And the shooter held someone up at gunpoint. Okay. And then I read another headline. Someone holds this guy up at gunpoint. Someone else holds this guy at gunpoint. Yada, yada, yada. It's like three different headlines in one week. Someone held this guy up at gunpoint. Why is it that they always say someone held this guy up at gunpoint? Why is it always up at gunpoint? Okay. My thing is, is like, where is this gunpoint place that people keep on holding each other up at? And why do people keep on going to this gunpoint place when people constantly get held up at gunpoint? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a very uh, Seinfeldian take, I would say. Mm. 
it's very Seinfeldian way to look at things, to look at the word play. Um, I will say, I was wondering, you started this story about a gun and I was like, where the heck is this going to go? <laughs> but that was a good, that was a good landing of the delivery there. But yeah, Thank no, you. I, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I have yeah. nothing to add to that. Okay. Gunpoint. <laughs> I just don't quite understand gunpoint. Why don't they actually say where it is instead of saying gunpoint? So then people know not to go to this area is my point. That, yeah, that, 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 that'd be good. Gunpoint meet Tim point. Huh? Let's see that. See what I did there. Um, okay. Let's get into the Vikings giants game. You want some critiques now or should we do it? <laughs> <laughs> I got about a two minute window. We can talk about there. Uh, I could give you some helpful pointers if you like. Well, when you said Seinfeldian take, I thought that was pretty good. I know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that's the exact kind of thing he would do, right? It's looking at words a different way and, observations and yeah no but i don't quite understand how you look at gunpoint a different way though they say at gunpoint you know it's not like they were being taken up by a person with a gun at this point well at gunpoint literally just means the person held a gun at like pointed at them oh that's what it means but it it doesn't did you not know that no, I mean, I, I mean, I knew a gun was involved, and I knew a gunpoint wasn't technically a place that they were describing. But <laughs> I just didn't quite, I just don't quite understand the sentence. I don't think the sentence makes sense to describe what Dramatic it actually thing? means. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, holding somebody at gunpoint is just saying they are pointing a gun at somebody. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't, don't think I just don't think headline headlines make sense when it's written that way. It makes it sound like it's at a place. And that's a bad place to be. It's, and that's, that's a bad you. place to be. You don't want to be there. I guess either way, it's a bad place. But yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. Okay. We can move on. Sorry, just saw that as, as a headline. and uh, That's right. I wrote in my notes to talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> Have you put deodorant on yet? No, I've not. Oh, interesting. I woke, up my side. I woke up kind of late today, so. Coming to my side of the table, huh? Mm-hmm. Coming to my side of the table. I guess barely. Okay, here we go. Vikings-Giants. Vikings lose 31-24. What? Last offensive play, fourth and three. Fourth and eight. Vikings throw it three yards to Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Jones throws for another 300-yard game, which he did uh, twice all regular season, once against the Vikings and uh, once against the Detroit Lions. So he did it twice against the Vikings this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, your overall take on what you saw Sunday afternoon? Well, I feel like it's as simple as kind of just it was what we saw all year. And this time, you know, at the end, the, the slipper didn't fit the foot. You know what I mean? Like, every week we were talking about, well, this doesn't seem like the formula to be dependable in the playoffs, right? And that was every week. In regular season, we were sneaking them out, and then you get to the playoffs, things get a little more intense. And really, I mean, it, you're playing better opponents, generally, mm-hmm. hopefully. You know, yeah. the Giants aren't horrendous. That, that wouldn't describe them as great, but they're not. You know, they're, they're formidable if we're going 50-50, formidable, or <laughs> what's the last one? <laughs> Favorable, Favorite. formidable, and 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what? The Vikings probably were 60-40, kind of, you know, play that game 10 times, they might win six times. Maybe it's even a 5-5 split. Um, mm-hmm. You'd like to think at home they'd be a little bit better, but 
No, I mean, the defense was a sieve. They were giving up. <laughs> the middle of the field was wide open every single time. Daniel Jones looked like Michael Vick um, running around. Um, and it, despite all that, ironically, right, the Vikings still had a shot to make the game interesting, either tie it or win it, um, going into overtime. So it's hard to complain about what the offense did, really, for most of the game. There's a few weird calls and weird things that happened, but... I mean, that's kind of, every, again, every game. You hyper-focus on those things when you lose. but mm-hmm. Right. Every team has a play or so during a game where it's like, mm-hmm. what in the world was that? Yeah. And obviously, it's very different. But I've, it, it's, it's hard when you're, you know, again, very, very different. But when I'm calling eighth-grade football plays. <laughs> I don't think it's that different. But, like, you, 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 you'll you drive the ball down the field a little bit. You're doing your normal runs and your sweeps, and you're kind of, you know, three, four yards, five yards. There's something in the human nature that you eventually you're just like, all right, let's, let's try that double pass right now. <laughs> like, you just can't, even if it's working, you can't help yourself. And then usually it's either a sack or an interception. And then you go, you walk off the field with the D corner shaking his head, looking at you like, you're getting five yards of carry. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm having fun. <laughs> but mixing it up a little di- <laughs> it's a little different obviously but the point is that you know you part of it is you just want to keep giving different looks and don't let the defense get you don't want to become predictable i guess is what i'm trying to say so um like that throwback to Kirk cousins though i mean that one that one i might erase from the playbook Kirk. Or uh, not Kurt, Kevin O'Connell, uh, KOC. I would maybe yeah. uh, rip out that page and burn it ceremoniously because that was not a play I ever want to see again. Unless Kevin, Jefferson throws it to Osborne. Yeah, I was going to say, in Kevin O'Connell's defense, Osborne was open down the field and Jefferson did not throw it. However, yeah. however, even on third and one, I still don't want Justin Jefferson throwing the ball to nope. KJ Osborne down the field. Nope. Second down and one, sure. First yeah. down, sure. Yeah. But third and one, when you need to, well, you don't need to score, but the Giants just marched right down the field, scored in four or five plays, made it look as easily as possible. Yeah. And then you can respond with a drive of your own. The yeah. first drive looked so perfect. Cousins was hitting everybody. I think he didn't miss a throw in that opening drive. Jefferson yeah. had a couple of catches. Hawkinson was dominant. Dalvin Cook was getting decent yards each carry, mm-hmm. and then you run it on third, and uh, you know run it. You do a flea flicker pass back to Kirk Cousins on third and one. It's like, yeah. so maybe just mm-hmm. erase that Kirk Cousins aspect of the play. Je- say Jefferson, you cannot throw it back to Kirk Cousins. You have to run or pass. yeah. But right. yeah, no, yeah, the play selection was weird at the time because yeah, we were getting decent yards per carry, and yeah, it. Even from the beginning, you could just tell like the Vikings are going to get very few stops, so you need to score on every drive that you can, right? To keep yeah, up because you, you know you're going to have to keep up. Yeah, you could tell that right away. And yeah. after the Vikings score, there's a little hope inside of me that I was like, oh, maybe we're going to dominate the Giants and win by 10, 15, maybe even 20 points. And then Daniel Jones marches right down the field and, like I said, five plays or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And just open receiver after open receiver. And then Saquon Barkley runs it in from like 25 yards or something yeah. like that. And then it's like, oh, crap, here we go again. Ed Donatales, it's time to shine, quote. 
wasn't so shiny. It was a little dirty. No, it was a little dull. A little, a little dull, dull, yeah. Um, how much blame, if any, or a lot, do you put on Kirk Cousins for losing this game? What percentage, if you had to give a percentage, would you put on Kirk Cousins? I mean, I was going to say zero, but I feel like it probably technically can't be zero. Sure. So, you know, maybe 5%, we'll say. A lot of people are putting it on Kirk Cousins on the final offensive play, which is the reason why I ask. Ah, yeah, no, I mean, that is irrelevant to me. I mean, because, like, people don't, no, none of us do. Like, there's so many press conferences and blah, 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 where they talk about things like this that people just kind of don't watch because there's, you know, millions of, there's tons of content out there. So besides, I know they listen to the Minnesota Tim podcast, and that's <laughs> another part of their daily routine. Um, sure. But Kirk talked about it. You know, he said like he didn't see anybody open downfield. Like Jefferson was double covered. Um, Thielen was one on one, but it wasn't a great look. He didn't have like an advantage. Um, and then he just said, basically, Hawkinson. He'd been throwing short of the sticks earlier in the game, and Hawkinson had been getting guards up to the catch. And he thought he was about to get sacked. So he's like, it's better to throw it to Hawkinson and hopefully let him make a play than to get sacked and not have any option. Um, or to throw he was it. getting bull rushed pretty quickly. He like, was, yeah. Ezra yeah. Cleveland just got blown up on that play. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. it's hard to argue. Like I said, I mean, yeah, you could throw it up to... The, the odds are definitely better that if you throw it to Hawkinson, because he only had one, one, maybe two tackles to break to get the first down. Um, obviously, that first one was going to be hard because the corner was like all over him, like mm-hmm. right on him. So that, yeah. that one was going to be a hard one to break no matter what. But like that's a higher percentage play conversion than throwing it a Hail Mary to Justin Jefferson in double coverage. I mean, I know he caught the Bills one, but plays like that don't just happen. Like, right. You know, it's better to have a surefire Hawkinson catch and hope he can break one tackle, which he's done, you know, numerous times over the course of the year. So. You know, I don't blame that at all. I mean, that's just that's that's not seeing the forest for the trees. If you blame anything other than the defense, I feel like you're not really watching the Vikings games. Kirk Cousins has received a lot of criticism for that last throw, dump down Kirk, Kirk short of the chains, whatever. Um, but like we mentioned, he was almost sacked by the guy that blew up Ezra Cleveland on the play. KJ Osborne came open very late in that play. Uh, and he wasn't going to be able to find him because he threw the ball already. My issue with that play is why is TJ Hawkinson's route even five yards short of the chains? Right. Like that was weird. Ben, he was the best threat for the Minnesota Vikings all game. He had 12 catches, I think, for 120 something yards. He was a miss, it was a matchup nightmare. For the Giants. Yeah. And he's going to be Kirk Cousins' number one threat because Justin Jefferson is going to be double, triple teamed and he's not going to throw it that way. And Jefferson was pretty much shut out for the entire second half. And Hawkinson, one on one, what is a six massive tight end, massive target. Mm-hmm. And he's been catching everything all game, even plays where he's gotten blown up on. And you're throwing it to him and you know you're throwing it to him if you can. And 
It's a three-yard route. That, that's that's my problem that, with the play. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point, right? That's okay to have a check down, but yeah, why is he so far away from the first down? Usually those guys are either at the line or they're a yard or two short so that they trust that they could turn and get the first down. So yeah, that was weird that he was like five, six yards short of the line because that's a lot of work to... That's a long way to run, like you said. I mean, even if you... If you're two yards short of the sticks when you catch that, there's a chance you could fall forward for those two yards. Right. Um, so yeah, that that part was weird, but obviously it has nothing to do with Kirk. That just must be either Hawkinson not listening or the play, you know, not adjusting, or I don't know what you know who to blame there. But yeah, well, Kurt Warner was doing a little feedback on the play on Twitter or whatever, and yeah, it showed Hawkinson chipping one of the defensive ends, which is also I think a mistake because Hawkinson's your best target. So you have your best target chipping a defensive end, um, trying to prevent Kirk Cousins from getting sacked. I get it, but it's Hawkinson. Use Dalvin Cook or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and maybe so with this late release, he just didn't go deep downfield or deeper yeah, downfield. Right, right. And the throw is a little bit behind him. Um, yeah, and then it was an easy tackle for the de- the, the defensive player um, to yeah. basically end the game. It's such a bummer because if the Vikings won this game, they had an easy path to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, you don't you think? I mean. You go on the road to San Francisco, Brock Purdy, big deal. Easy. Yes. irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, at Philadelphia. At Philadelphia. We've, we've had success there in the past. Right. So, yeah. And then you can face the Chiefs. I mean, that. That's the last time they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That went well. Right. I mean, got revenge. Be Mm -hmm. motivated. Chiefs or Bills or Bengals. I mean, I'm not afraid of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it it, it comes down to with a defense like this, you got to be darn lucky to make basically (laughs) to win, you know, three games in a row. Well, four for a Super Bowl. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to be really lucky. I mean, you go to San Francisco, you get blown out. Right. We only had one week anyways yeah. um, to yeah. enjoy the offseason, which it would have been fun to win because then you can look forward to the next week. We would have been underdogs by like 10 points or whatever. But, you know, it's another week to watch football, another week to criticize, another week to watch. And you know what? Miracles sometimes do happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, eh, you know, never know. Um, but it's a fun season. I mean, like you said, I think a couple of weeks ago, you're like, at the end of the day, if the Vikings go one and done in the playoffs, it was still a special, entertaining thirteen and four season. Um, after like an eight and nine season with Mike Zimmer or whatever it was. Yeah, that, yeah, that was kind of my take about halfway through the year, and I yeah, I think I brought it up a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, yeah, we want a Super Bowl and we want to watch playoff games and things like that. But it, it's an entertainment business. It's just there for our entertainment, and I was. Thoroughly entertained pretty much every Sunday because there was drama happening all the time. Justin Jefferson going for an NFL record or trying to, I should say. And Hawkinson trade and Kirko chains and beating the Bills and just one of the most miraculous games I've ever seen. And the Colts 33 point comeback. I mean, there's a number of games 61 yard field goal to beat the Giants the first time. And I mean, it was just drama basically every single week, which is again, that keeps you entertained. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, like last year, right? You just eventually get to the point where the games don't matter. I fear, you know, next year with our tough schedule. And if we 
have a lot of changes to make. Also, and if you're watching a yeah six and thirteen or twelve season or whatever it'd be, six and no, that was terrible math. Six and eleven season. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, so it's yeah. I mean, take it for what it was. This was a fun season to watch. Obviously, yeah, it would be nice to beat the Giants, but the odds of winning four games in a row very low. The odds of winning obviously even one game was tough enough. So mm-hmm. yeah. And on this podcast, I'm trying to stay away from off-season discussions because next week, then we can play a game called Restructure, Cut, or Release. There we go. Or re- Cut or Release is the same thing. It is. Restructure, Release, trade? or Cut. Re- restructure, Cut, or Trade. Yeah, that sounds good. Because they might trade. Yeah. They might try to trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a resign too. I mean, we got free agents. There's a few that we can resign, yeah. But so, well, you'll work out that. That'll be part of our pre-show prep for next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll find a list of off-season free agents and Adam Thielen's wife's making a lot of noise on social media. Yeah. Um, real quick, who is your Super Bowl matchup prediction? My matchup prediction. Matchup prediction. I from the NFC, obviously the two favorites are the ones that most people are picking between. I mean, the Cowboys don't seem like a, well, the Giants for sure, are, no one's picking. And yeah. then the Cowboys, people are kind of lukewarm. Like they might have a shot, but it seems like it's the Eagles 49ers. And I, I find it hard to believe that Brock Purdy, like, is going to just keep going the way he's going. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. Like, it's, it's, it is unbelievable. I mean, people aren't, I know people are surprised by it, but I feel like people aren't. Surprised enough that this seventh round Iowa State guy who wasn't, I mean, he's good in college, but it's not like he was like insane. He's the last pick in the NFL draft. Right. And he's like, <laughs> what is he now? Six and oh, and his six starts. And he's just like, yeah. And now, obviously, again, we talked about if Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the 49ers, you can win a Super Bowl, right? Because that defense. So it's kind of the same thing. Like Purdy is just not screwing up. Because mm-hmm. even last week, it looked like he was going to the first quarter, he had a Bad, a couple of bad throws, and I think he threw an interception in the first quarter against the Seahawks. And you're like, oh, here's here's the Brock Purdy. Everyone just kept waiting to see, and then he finished the game with like three touchdowns, super efficient, threw, yeah. threw it all over the place. Yeah, uh, very accurate. So as much as I, all that being said, I'm still going to go with the 49ers. Yes, yeah. Because it's just, their defense is insane, and it's just, I don't know. There seems to be some magic there. And then on the AFC is harder because there's the Bills, there's the Chiefs, there's the Bengals, mm-hmm. and there's a fourth team who probably won't win. Who's that? The Jaguars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Bengals beat the uh, Chiefs last year. Yeah, they know. Well, yeah, Joe Burrow's a little different than Trevor Lawrence, but maybe Trevor Lawrence is stepping into that role now. I don't know. Um, it's I. <sighs> this is a tough one. This is a tough one because I got to think. So the Chiefs play the Jaguars, right? Is it Bills? Yes, Chiefs, Jaguars at Cincinnati. And then it's Bengals, Bills at Atlanta. Oh, yeah, because they have the neutral because they had the the tie or whatever, basically. From the beginning of the year, I thought this was the Bills year to be there. And the story's there, you know. The story's there. Playing for tomorrow. I say... What they need to do and what probably will happen. I don't know if they'll save it for the Super Bowl or for the AFC Championship game, but if DeMar Hamlin walks out of that tunnel. Oh, man. 
you know it's coming. The Bills will be fit. I, I, they, they could set the line at 75 points. <laughs> and I would still take the Bills side. <laughs> I'd say, nope, the Bills are going to win by 80 points. Like, yeah. So we'll see when they use that because that'll be the most emotional, <laughs> powerful. Yeah. They got that in their bag. I think they're they, saving that for the Chiefs game. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it's, a, it, like you said, I mean, it's indescribable what that moment will be like for the fans. And because it, yeah, it, hope for them, hopefully the Jags beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Right. But, then they can have a home game. Then they can have a home game for it because that would be the way to do it. But whatever. Anyway, yeah. So I'm going Bills. 49ers and mm. I think it is the Bills here. Mm. Man, I am I actually think the Jaguars have a chance because the Jaguars got the solid defense even though Justin Herbert ripped it up in the first half. But then they came back and shut him down in the second half. So I would not be surprised honestly if the Jaguars beat the Chiefs, but I'm going to still stick with the Chiefs and then I'm going to go mm. Man, it seems like the Bills are a better all-around team in terms of <laughs> offense and defense. Yeah. But just to be a little different, I'll go 49ers versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. As I'm with you on the 49ers, it's hard to go against them. Um, the Eagles, we don't really know how they're playing right now because at the end of the season, Jalen Hurts wasn't really there. Um, to play the final game, but yeah. then wasn't super sharp in that game. So a lot of question marks about the Eagles um, coming into their first playoff game. When you can the old common man game, right? He'd always do... Rest or rust. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a fully powered Eagles team in like four weeks, basically, mm-hmm. with everybody ready to go. And now they had a bye week. That's a lot of rest. Oh, man, one missed throw. And the announcers are going to be talking about, oh, man, that's rust right there. Yeah. That's rust right there. You guys had a basketball game last night. My inside sources in our um, pregame meeting, you said that you lost by two. Mm-hmm. Mm. Take us yeah. inside the loss. Well, we were up, uh, I would say, like 10 to 14 points for much of the first half. We were hitting shots. Um, Caleb was hitting some, a lot of shots, getting us through. Second half, we started to cool off a little bit. Um, and they, they, I mean, they were... It, by no means were they a slouch. They had some good players, so they were a good team, I would say. It was, I think we only beat them by a little bit last year. Mm. Um, so they, we were up the whole time, though, and then also with two minutes left, we, they scored a couple baskets, so they were up one. Um, and, you know, the work, when we're on offense, the clock runs under two minutes. And when Yes, that's a great rule. When they're on offense, it doesn't, so it forces you, you have to go try to score. Yeah, that's um, a great rule. I love that rule. So we got down... How did it work? We were down by, I think we got down five. They scored, missed have scored two kind of two pointers. And we came down and scored a layup. Or no, Caleb hit a mid-range jumper to make it three. Then we came down, got another stop. And then with like 30 seconds left or 25 seconds left, I hit a three finally. Mm. I was bad. I was bad. Do not compliment me. I was pretty bad. I so thought. you're the opposite of the narcissist. Yeah, I was. I missed a lot of threes. I couldn't. They were rattling out in the front rim, and but I got the last one. I was happy with that. At least. Oh, got, there you go. You showed up when it mattered. Tied the game, and then they, uh, with like twenty seconds left, they kind of stalled, gave it to their best player, 
and he drove in the lane and finished one at the buzzer, basically. Oh. Kind of like a contested layup. So hmm. it was a good game. They yeah. hit a lot of shots the second half. Yeah. A couple of guys that I was like, that they still hit it anyway. So it's the regular season. So, well, yeah, that's the regular season. Just got to be one of the top two teams. That's going to make it harder now, but we can do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Timberwolves lost last night to Jokic, who had another triple double. Uh, mm. Without Rudy Gobert, without Carl Anthony Towns, I'm mm. just looking at this headline right here, or not this headline. This tweet by Dane Moore. It says the Wolves <laughs> were up 118 to 113 with 2:51 to go in the game, <clears throat> and did not score the rest of the way, while Denver scored nine points. He's got a video of the final seven possessions and brick, brick turnover, brick. D'Angelo Russell off the side of the backboard from the corner. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, come on. That's not a way to finish a game. Like, I'm so glad I did not stay up to watch that game. Because I I had like a half thought. It's like, you know, I don't really have much to do tomorrow. You have to get up early and record. But after that, and it's kind of a casual day. And I'll stay up. It's on ESPN. Timberwolves could use a win. <laughs> but if I stayed up and watched the final three minutes of that game to see the Timberwolves not score within with, with, with like three minutes left, mm-hmm. I would be mad mm-hmm. at myself yeah um are, are they gonna trade d'angelo i hear he's kind of the main yeah it's kind of the piece that they're looking to trade i mean but I, I don't know. what do you what do you what do you get back yeah you're not gonna get a whole team. lot yeah so I, I had an idea though he, hear me out yeah i was watching i saw part of the jazz game the other day yep and i thought they had some weapons so i was thinking if we could trade if i think we've the Wolves should file a petition to allow us to trade all of our first round picks, you know, because you, you can only trade every other year. Yeah. So I'm thinking if we could trade maybe three of our first round picks, plus like Jaden McDaniels, and maybe we might have to throw in like Jalen Noel or something just to yeah. make it work. Yeah. Um, for Walker Kessler, who says no? <laughs> we've, done, we've done it once. Why not do it again? I just, it was an idea. I thought, you know, now's the time to be aggressive is what I was thinking. Yeah, right. I mean, we did all of that stuff for Rudy Gobert. Are you saying that was a stupid trade? Why not? No, 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 no. no. I'm saying the Timberwolves. No, uh, yeah, no. If I approached no, no, the Timberwolves, no, no. if I approached Tim Connolly and said, would you do the Rudy Gobert trade over again? Do you regret that? And he'd, he'd say, no, well, then do this exact same trade for Walker <laughs> Kessler. Stand oh. by your stance, okay? Have some balls. Yeah, it'll be interesting because this trade, I think we kind of, everyone said from the beginning, it's a fine trade if the Wolves are catapulted into title level, like top four in the West. Yeah. But if the Wolves never sniff top four, it's going to be it's one of the worst trade. trades in NFL or NFL, NBA history. Yeah, and NFL and, history. We got and the NFL, well, Herschel Walker. But you got the Timberwolves with the Rudy Gobert <laughs> trade and the Vikings with the Herschel Walker mm, trade. Now the Twins wow. just have to... I guess we traded David Ortiz for a bag of peanuts, <laughs> so that's probably bad, too. <laughs> that's up there. Yeah. The Yankees just steal our good free agents, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Except for Carlos Correa. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Minnesota is where he always wanted to beat him. Yeah, well, obviously. He wanted to raise his kid in the area where it's nice. Minnesota. I didn't appreciate it. I mean... I do respect his honesty and that I feel like Minnesotans should just accept it. Cause like we were the third offer in terms of money, right? Like the third highest offer. So he went to the first highest offer and then that 
fell through. He went to the second highest offer that fell through, and then he went to the Twins. So it's not like I mean, he was pretty honest about it. I thought it was like, yeah. hey, I, I mean, wanted I wanted to be here. I liked Minnesota, but it was the third place offer. So I explored the first two offers, and they fell through. And I was never upset to come back to Minnesota, but I wanted to, you know, again. I was looking at the money and looking at the offers and wanted to take the best offer. Right. And this is going to be his last massive contract that he ever like, receives. It's like, go get the dope. Yeah. You know? yep. I can't blame but him. I, I do like that. There's, he brings some like random, like twins are like optimistic fans again, like, cause we got him back. And that makes sense. Cause obviously he's a great player, but like so far we're just bringing back the same team that finished with like 76 wins or whatever from last year. Like it's, like what I mean, we've signed some side pieces, right? We got a couple extra position players that are over the hill or just replacement guys. And we, you know, pitching wise, yeah, we should get Kenta Maeda back, I think, this year. And but I mean, I don't know. There's random twins optimism getting Correa back. It's like we're, we're just bringing back basically the same squad that just we by the end of the year we said it sucked. And now mm-hmm. we're going to bring back all those same guys and say it's better. I guess we're right. to no walk, so that, that'll make it better. <laughs> There's a lot of speculation that we're going to trade Luis Ariz for a starting pitcher somewhere. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, that doesn't necessarily make sense to me either. Trading your, basically your best player from last year. Right. Uh, not that, Again, that's his peak probably. He's probably never going to do that again. But Yeah. Won yeah. a bad title. Yeah. Right? He did. Yeah, he's the best average in the AL. Mm, man, mm. wow! A lot of speculation this off season. A lot well, of next speculation. Week, we're gonna speculate on the Minnesota Vikings. So continue to come back to the Minnesota Tim mm-hmm. podcast because we're narcissists and we think we're amazing. I'm no, no, no. We're not a narcissist, but I will tell you, um, we are amazing. There's no two people in the world more plugged in about what might happen this off season of the Minnesota Vikings. So if you want completely accurate and 100% truth, no I wouldn't even call them predictions because, again, it's not really even predicting. It's just telling yeah. what's going to happen. Um, tune in next week. Um, People don't know that I have Quessies and Kevin O'Connell's phone bugged. Mm-hmm. I'm like FBI. Yep, yeah. something like that. And we're not narcissists either. Well, that's, just, that's just facts. I mean, we don't think we're amazing. We know we're amazing. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, you, you walk around with a swagger and you just know it. Yeah. yeah. And when people are at your feet asking for autographs, asking mm-hmm. to put out podcasts, what else can you do? No. Nope. Well, thank you, Jacob. You're, you were amazing. Okay. You can go listen to yourself after this and break it down and break down mm-hmm. the all 22. It was I great. might just do that right up a scouting report. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the Minnesota Tim podcast again. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Jacob and I will be back again next week and his lovely cat. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.